Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three hour ride. On this Tuesday morning with open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Cap, I made it. I made it in. Not the driving. No, just walking into the building without the slip and fall. How about that? So no slipping Jimmy here. I was able to make it, but boy, nothing like the old penguin walk on the uh, slippery surface here in downtown Chicago. So I came out of my house this morning, as I do every day, set the coffee down on the top of the car, walk in the driveway and grab the newspaper. Yes, they still make those. And all of a sudden, I'm sliding down the driveway and I'm balancing going, oh, God. And I salted last night before bed. Mm -hmm. Pet friendly salt in case the dogs are out there. And it's a sheet of freaking ice. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. All the way to the bottom of the driveway, and I'm balancing, going, please don't go down. Please don't go down. I don't want to break my hip. And gingerly picked up the paper and did the penguin walk back up the driveway. Yes. Got to the garage. Car's warming up. Put the coffee in the cup holder. Put my water bottle in there. Laid the newspaper on the seat. And then grabbed the bag of salt and resalted the entire driveway and sidewalk up to the house at 530 this morning. Holy cow. You just kind of have careful to. careful going out of your house. I texted all my neighbors. We have a group text. Yeah. Be very careful. It's a hockey rink out there. Hockey rink. Mm. Oh, man. So I'm glad you made it in with your Broncos jersey on. Yes. Glad you're safe and sound. You know, it, I know it's not the cool walk that I normally would have. The strut. Walk, you know, yes, walking into the office, you know. But, again, I know it's not cool. But, you know, you have to think about safety first. You know, if I'm just walking in, you know, waddling in just from side to side, hey, that's because I didn't want to fall. Could you imagine what damage I would do to the pavement? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Not about me. What about the pavement? Wow. That, that It would be injured and cracked. Wow. wow. Yes. Oh, oh, how I love you. How I love you. Yeah, it would have been down for the count. Oh, I, mean, man. I, I don't want to deal with that. So here's what we got today, Cap. We have the returning Shay Norling, uh, who spent time in Detroit. He was right there to be able to witness history. Is that the game? He was right there with his dad. It was super cool. Shay, you got to tell us about this because, again, we as Bears fans don't know what that's like. It's been a while since we were able to have that kind of fervor and actually witness a playoff victory. So give us the, your insight. You were there, full house. It looked great on television. Back-to-back games at Ford Field in the playoffs. Uh, what, I mean, the crowd was at a fever pitch. It was amazing. Well, the start is how good it looked on television because that has not always been the case. And it's something I noticed right when I walked in. That place in the past, and I know it's a newer stadium, is a dump. 
it, it just doesn't look good. When Calvin Johnson was running all over that garbage turf they used to have in front of those ugly brown walls around the field, <laughs> that place looked terrible. And walking in on Sunday, I was telling my dad, I'm like, I got to tell you, top to bottom, this organization, I'm impressed because they've changed everything to look and feel world-class when you walk into that stadium. And that has never been the case. It's always felt like a dump walking in there. Especially when you lose, it's even worse. You don't mind if you feel like you're playing in a urinal as long as your team wins. Right. Before Wrigley got renovated, well, right. <laughs> it was, you know. Right. But guess what? When we were winning 97 games in 2008 mm-hmm. and in the playoff, whatever, it's the charm. Same with Fenway, I went there many, many years ago with Mindy, mm-hmm. and then Brett and I went back, and it's all been renovated. Doesn't matter. If my team's good. Eh, whatever. So what? They got troughs, or they got this, or they got that. <laughs> right. Concessions weren't great, and now Wrigley's state of the art. They did all this, you know, a billion dollars worth of renovations. Win, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it does, it does not matter. You you go in there and you just know the amenities are not great. But it's okay, though, because your team's winning. It's your ballpark. I like how, how you put a nice spin on it, though. Yeah, your, your stadium might be old. It might be rickety. But there's a charm to it when you win. Correct. There's <laughs> a charm to Ford Field. Is it not, Shay, when you go in there? Well, yeah. When I was growing up, my dad used to take me to Tiger Stadium, and it would literally water be falling on your head. Like, you, you couldn't go anywhere without that place leaking on you. It looked terrible, but they had won that World Series there. And you walk in, and it was like there was an atmosphere about being in that place that was so historic. And the new stadium never had it, but then they started winning, and it didn't matter. So for the Lions, I think Ford Field, it was a similar type of thing. Not that the Silverdome was some historic place where they won a lot. It wasn't. But you build Ford Field, and it's supposed to be this big, beautiful place, and instead you just house a loser. Yes. I mean, it wasn't a, the, it wasn't a, a great place for winning in the Silverdome, but Hogan won there. Hogan <laughs> beat Andre there. He did. 93,000! Took him well, down. Hood, it was like <laughs> it was like Ford Field built the most beautiful homeless shelter, and the homeless was the team. Oh, oh <laughs> wow! Because <laughs> it, it was like that's how bad they were for so long, and that's why on Sunday when I walked in there, I said, "This is totally different. This just feels world class." It's one thing to see the team being able to elevate itself to this level as they take on San Francisco. But what's the distinguishing characteristic that we took out of watching the Detroit Lions? Dan Campbell is one because he's the face of the operation. But then you got to think about the quarterback and Jared Goff. This is not just some kid, Cap. This is a veteran quarterback here that's in the right place at the right time with an organization that's going in the right direction. And I believe it's sustainable. But when we talk about all these great quarterbacks... And we go back and forth about Justin Fields or Caleb Williams and who's going to be the quarterback. It seems like it's a conversation that you and I have almost every three, four years because of the vicious cycle that is the inconsistency of the Chicago Bears. But Jared Goff is someone we don't talk enough about because he's stabilizing the franchise as the quarterback. It may not, might not be a popping circumstance. It may not necessarily be fireworks when he's out there, but he gets the job done. I appreciate that. He does. He's embraced the city. I remember there was an article when he first got traded. It was uh, pack up the house in Marina Del Rey. He had a mansion. You're moving to Detroit, Michigan. What? Yeah. What? He's got a supermodel girlfriend. 
and they showed him walking in Detroit. Like, what happened to L.A. Mm-hmm. and my Hollywood lifestyle? He has embraced that city, and they have embraced him, and he has played his tail off. He's going to get a big contract. They're in the NFC title game. I was watching the tape yesterday of the draft room last April Mm -hmm. when Brad Holmes is listening. and The Tennessee Titans select offensive lineman Northwestern Peter Skaronsky, and he goes nuts. We got our guy. We take Jameer Gibbs, Alabama, and everyone's like, what? Taking a quarterback at 12? Yes. That kid's a monster. Again, should you draft running backs that high? I guess in that situation, he felt was the piece that they needed to put them over the top. And when he was running to the end zone the other day, pretty impressive. Hey, let's go back and talk about that just, just briefly. Because we said at the time, after the draft, that seems... It seems like you are replicating what you already have. So you ha- you're drafting a running back, and you have David Montgomery. So it's Gibbs and Montgomery. Correct. We thought, well, you, do you really need two in that spot? You paid through the nose to get David Montgomery, who, again, you watch him as a Bears fan, and you go, he gave all he did. He, he gave all he could with the Chicago Bears. I respect David Montgomery. When we were terrible, Montgomery ran the football like it was his last. With a, with a ruthless aggression. He tried, Cap. He did? You could see it on the film. You could watch the game. He tried to give you that first down. He tried to give you the tough yards. And I'm happy for him that he's with Detroit and doing what he's doing. But we said at the time, Montgomery Gibbs, what are the Lions doing? Here come the Lions again. There's no need to give, get twice. And guess what? It's working out well for Detroit. Oh, man. They yeah. get thunder and lightning there. Goff is playing well. Amon Ross, St. Brown, beast. Fourth round pick, by the way. Jamison Williams. Is got speed on the outside. Sam Laporta. They just signed Zach Ertz yesterday. He requested his release from Arizona in November, and he's been waiting to ring chase. He said, I'm going to figure out somebody in the playoffs that needs a tight end. Bam. Here you go, Detroit. (laughs) He's the winner of Brock Wright's elbow injury. Right. Mm -hmm. Brock Wright gets hurt, the backup tight end. Okay. We got Laporta dealing with a bulky knee. Yeah. Take him. And Detroit, Detroit says, uh, we don't have any more room on the salary cap for you, but we can pay you in crypto. Oh, wait a minute. That's Odell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Odell Beckham he's Jr. Still, he's still waiting for his check, by the way. They're paying him in GameStop stock. <laughs> he's still going to get paid, by the way, from that. Okay, so here, here's my takeaway. All the teams that are left, you just they got the quarterback right. Yes. They got it right. Yes. Now, whether that's Justin or Caleb Williams or you. Just all I care about is get it right. Because Patrick Mahomes rolled into Buffalo, said, I'll take all your smoke. Oh, haven't done it on the road, huh? Take this and take that. Bam. And they had a party going up in the skybox. And Jason Kelsey's there without his shirt on. And he's climbing out of the skybox and lifting little kids up to see Taylor Swift. They were having a good old time. But in the end, 15. One five. I got it. Yep. Threw a pass to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Give him credit. He caught the football because he doesn't have great hands. That pass was a dime. That was a hell of a catch. Mm-hmm. When they had to come through, that SOB comes through. I want one of those. Yeah. And you also want to have a secret weapon that's going to help number 15. And then Nagy's game plan, like I said, was so deep um, on the offensive side. And there was plenty of stuff even left over, and we said we were going to 
empty the, the chart uh, today and run everything. We didn't run out of anything. So um, it, it was a great job by him. How about that? Take that, Chicago. It's a nice pat on the head. We, we know it was you, Andy. It's fine. What he's complimenting Nagy on is the coffee order and the donuts that he was able to get. That's what he meant. He emptied, the, he emptied everything out as far as the food order. That's what that was, Cap. <laughs> don't take the cheese. He, the, don't, don't believe that Nagy had anything to do with that. The Denny's menu. Yeah, it was fine. The, the coffee was fine. I believe it's Timmy Holes up there. I believe it's Timmy Hortons in Buffalo it, that comes from Toronto. I, I think that's what it was. I will tell you this. If he gets another bite at the apple or Andy retires and Nagy wins multiple Super Bowls, people here will puke. No, there's no question. No, they won't puke. They'll just look down. To the bottom of the standings, that's where Kansas City will be with Nagy at, at the helm. Can you imagine Matt Nagy head coaching? <laughs> oh, sure. I can also see them at the uh, bottom. Absolutely. That's yeah, when they redo everything. Absolutely. But, Woody, the thing that grosses me out about it is it might not matter. Patrick Mahomes is so good. Yeah, he is. And, and but, that, but that's what every team in the league strives for. Every team in the league outside of Kansas City would want to have the best. We wondered what the NFL would look like post-Tom Brady. Who would be able to take over the mantle as the must-see quarterback, the productive quarterback, the guy that would uh, time running down when the, line sh- the, the uh, lights shine brightest, who's going to be able to win a ball game? That's Mahomes. We wondered that post-Michael Jordan. Who's going to be able to be there? Well, it was LeBron. And others that was able to take that mantle from Michael to be able to say, that's must-see, he's polarizing, let's see. And so same thing with Patrick Mahomes. The, you know, keep in mind with the Bears cap, the best that we've seen is the best linebacker. The best linebacker in the league. Like Brian Urlacher. Yeah. Or, or Singletary, like Dick Butkus. Sure. Best running back. Best running back, Walter Payton. Correct. That's who we are. Best defensive line. Middle of the road, Big Ten. Dent. Yeah, well, that's who we are. But we have to change that narrative, though. Why not be the best on your defensive line? Why not have the best linebackers? Why not have um, the best secondary? And why not have the best quarterback? And that's the hope, if you're a Bears fan, that you could be able to get there because we haven't been there ever, ever in our lifetime to be the best at that position. But otherwise, we've been good at running back and linebacker and defensive line. That's great to win a Big Ten championship. But how about a Super Bowl? Right. So, how about that? You know, I, I'm so tired of the, you have a narrative, all of you over there. You only want Justin out of here. No. No. I've said it a billion times. I don't care if one of the callers who's out of their mind saying Josh, Justin's better than Josh Allen wants to be the quarterback. If he leads us to the Super Bowl, I'll cheer my tail off for him. I will. All I want is the Bears to win. Ryan Poles will make that decision. He'll consult his experts, Waldron and Eberflus and Ian Cunningham and whoever else. And in the end, he's going to be the guy that looks in the mirror that day and go, all right, I'm taking the quarterback at USC. All right, I'm sticking with just whoever it is. Just win. There's no narratives. It's the stupidest conversation I listen to on a daily basis. You guys just don't want to. That's not true. Never, ever felt that way. Through a party the night they drafted him. Just win. I want one of those guys. Did you hear Mahomes the other day? You guys said I couldn't win on the road? Guess what? You asked for it, you got it. Yeah. It was awesome. Awesome. He does not get trucked by the moment. He does not. Oh, 
The Bills Mafia is out there. I'm going to send Kelsey's brother out. He'll soften you up. Yes. Have a few cocktails. I'm coming to do my job. Yes, and don't forget Andy Reid. Mm. Explain it again with those nuggies. <laughs> so don't forget, <laughs> don't forget. It's about Andy Reid as well. <laughs> Think about, you talked about Patrick Mahomes. Think about the Elite Eight that we saw over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Glorious football. The quarterback position is Lamar Jackson. Yep. Lamar Jackson, the feeling like, oh, Lamar Jackson, just a position player, wide receiver, special teams, never will uh, materialize into a quarterback. He's actually the real deal. He's actually being able to throw the ball down the field. He can run with the football. He's been a fantastic quarterback. Two-time MVP. He's on his way. Yeah, he's just, Justin's as good as he is if he just didn't have Luke Getze. That's what the narrative is in town. <laughs> oh, stop. The other side of it is Houston uh, with C.J. Stroud. Again, out of nowhere, an anomaly, because it's like, wait, this guy, you drop him on the team, and all of a sudden they're able to get to the playoffs? Well, you know, Houston's ahead of the game. They, I mean, that's luck, that's skill, and that's ability. All in one time, Cap. Houston able to get to the playoffs with C.J. Stroud as a young quarterback. Another young quarterback is Jordan Love. You get, give him credit, man. Yep. Look at, look at you go into the belly of the beast in Dallas, and you beat the Cowboys. Everybody's like, I can't believe they beat the Cowboys. What's happening with the Cowboys? No, give Jordan Love credit. It's our nightmare as Bears fans that you get the seamless transition from Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love. Then from there with San Francisco and Brock Purdy. Hey, you work. the system works. When he needs to make a play, 12 plays, 69 yards at the end, touchdown, they win the game. Yep. It may not be aesthetically pleasing, but, but they found a done. way to win. They That's, found a way. The other quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Again, even in a losing effort, that guy was able to change the narrative. You talk, talk about narratives around here. He changed the narrative. He didn't have one progressive commercial throughout this whole season. Not one. <laughs> Not one. You would think that that's when you want to put him on a commercial, right? Well, he was getting, he was getting commercials when, he, when his teams weren't very good. He'll be back. If anyone deserved to be on a progressive commercial, it's that guy. He played well. The defense let down for Tampa at the end. They're going to have him living in the ship at the end of the stadium in Raymond James. <laughs> Progressive. Insure your home, and he's living in the broken ship. That'd be funny. Where have you been all year? Where have you been? Uh, and so we talked about Jared Goff and gave him his flowers. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. And then there's Josh Allen. Polarizing Josh Allen, where 50% of the people think that he's, there's a ceiling on his success, and others think that the world is his oyster at some point in time. Ultimately, these Elite Eight we're talking about, this is where we want the Bears to be, to be able to be in that mix, to be able to find that quarterback in an offense that can hum. You and I grew up in an era, Cap, in which it was about just running the football. You could put anybody back there, anybody in the quarterback room. Hey, man, just hand it off to this running back. That's your job. If you throw the football, don't throw it any more than five to seven yards. This is not a, a forward passing league. You run the football. We grew up with that. Could you imagine the young people today trying to watch football the way we watched it, where everything was three yards in a cloud of dust? It wasn't on the quarterback. Correct. It was on the running back. Remember Woody Hayes, what he said? When you throw the football, three things can happen and two of them are bad. We're going to run the ball. (laughs) Right. Incomplete, intercepted, or caught. Yes. Two of those three are bad. We run. Three yards and a cloud of dust. Yes. Everything was about ball control, taking time off the clock. Meticulously take your time. Just run the football. Just fourteen run. to nine. Just yeah, run. that was with the scores. Just run the uh, just run the GD running back into the line a million times. That's not, the way it was. Not going to work now. And and now you, and then it's also about a strong defense. My point is is that there was a time where it was just about running backs, tight ends, 
wide receivers way down the depth chart as far as them getting production and a strong defense. 2024, everything's about the quarterback. Everything's about the scheme and the quarterback. You and I talked a month ago about great college quarterbacks that you and I saw. I mean, a million yards. They get to the NFL. Yeah, we want you to check it down. Hey, I'm Timmy Chang. I threw for a million yards. What do you mean? At Hawaii. Nope. Nope. Check it down, Timmy. Check it down. Okay? And then he was a bust. Because there was a time in this league where it's my way or the highway. Not what you could do, what we run. It's different now. And that's why the quarterback, that's why we talk about it so often, is because the quarterback matters, Cap. So what we've learned is it's that is all this offseason is about. Sure, there'll be other moves made, obviously. All that matters is figuring out the quarterback. If it's Justin, let's go. Put the best support system in. Get as much talent as you can. Please get your offensive line to a better level and fix it once and for all to protect him. If it's not Justin, can we all come together? Or if Shea comes out and goes, they've traded Justin Fields. Does the city burn down? People will freak out. Freak. No question. How about just saying, I'm a Bears fan, man. Whatever they choose to do, I'm in. In. Whatever it is. No, but there's no cap, but there are Justin Fields fans and Bears fans. You can hear this on a daily basis. There's a difference. Right? You You can hear it. God, I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, and I'm like, those guys are... They felt I felt like I was listening to gladiators having to take all these. They're holding this the uh, shield up, yeah, and the arrows are coming at them because all they're doing is having a very sensible, really good discussion about. They had Greg Olson on. Greg was great. Yep, he made a case. It's awfully hard to not take the rookie quarterback. Awfully hard. He mm-hmm. said what it does with your salaries, what you can do with other things. I mean, I feel like if those guys give any kind of opinion whatsoever, the crazy people come out. Mm-hmm. So if they trade this guy, are you jumping off this, the bandwagon then? No. are you Not you. No, people I, out there. No, I know what you're saying. Are they out? Are you done? If they trade him, are you done? Or is... This all about whatever Paul says, I'm going to roll with him. He's my GM. That's what I'm doing. If he says, hey, I looked at everything, I'm keeping Justin. Great. Then give him the best chance to win. Whatever that takes. New left tackle, new right guard, whatever it is. Another receiver, more help in the coaching room. Whatever you tell me, make it work. Yeah. But if you tell me you're drafting a quarterback and you're trading him, can we all come together, or that's impossible? No chance. Okay, let Cap, let's pull the curtain back before we take our calls at 312-332-3776. Let's pull the curtain back. Mm-hmm. You and I are baseball fans, and you and I cannot wait for spring training. Right. I mean, you more than me, obviously. Right. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious that you're looking forward to it more than me, but I still love baseball. Mm-hmm. You love baseball as well. Yep. But there's, no, there's not a topic that is more interesting on a daily basis than looking at the NFL playoffs and equating that to the Chicago Bears. Yep. I do it all the time. So do I. I do it all the time. It, it's, you can't look at Tampa, Detroit, even though I was so into that game and the crowd and knowing that Shea was there with his dad, which is really cool. 
But I can't help but to think when I'm watching the Packer game, when the Packers lost to San Francisco or Detroit defeat, defeated uh, Tampa, I can't help but to think about what if the big two words in entertainment, what if the Bears were in that position? And how can the Bears get in that position? I can't help but to think about it. But, Cap, as much as you and I love baseball and love basketball, college and pro, there's nothing more interesting than what the Bears could be doing at this point in time. Because every time you see a headline in the NFL, every time that you see a playoff game, you think Chicago Bears. And you think of what could be and the big what if. Will the Bears draft a quarterback? And will that quarterback start the 2024 season? Will Justin Fields return armed with a whole bunch of talent around him? And by the way, when we talk about the talent around him, whether Caleb Williams or Justin Fields is the quarterback, they have to do the same thing. You know, we talk about the number one pick. What about the number nine pick? What's that going to be? Best on the board could be a wide receiver, could be an offensive lineman. Best on the board could be someone for your defense, a three technique that you're looking for. Yep. Now, we, we, I know we're hyper-focused on one, but what about the rest of the draft? This is not like it's like one and then, oh, okay, seventh round. No, all these picks matter. This whole era matters. So when we get people... That call us or text us and say, Cap, you and Hood talking about the Bears again? Cap, you guys are talking about Justin again? Can't do it. Well, should we talk about the third base position with the Cubs? Should, should we do that? Should we talk about the, the 24th and 25th man on the, on the White Sox as they slowly try to build their team? Nothing's more interesting at this point in time than the NFL playoffs. Correct. How they're able to build their teams and how the Bears the team that galvanized the city can be able to get their blank straight. And we only have three games left. AFC, NFC title, and the Super Bowl. Right. That's it. I, I'm, I'm fascinated in how those teams are able to get to where they are right now. And, just try, and then I try to determine how far away the Bears are from those teams. Just think about in the North itself, Cap, with the Lions and the Packers. Packers fans are pissed. They, they, may, they may not sell it to you. They may not tell you that they're pissed. They're pissed. I know enough of them because they say, well, we're in the playoffs, but you know, when, when are we going to get to the Super Bowl again? Hey, man, I'd rather be where the Packers are than where the Bears are as far as at least getting in the mix in the playoffs. I'd rather be the Lions than the Bears because the Lions, I feel like that they, this is sustainable. It's not just a one-off. And the Bears, well, here we are. Here we stand, 7-10, and 10, lights out at Soldier Field. Right. Our guy Travis upstairs is going to get the equipment. I told you I called him. What are you doing? I'm at Soldier Field getting all the gear for the broadcast booth. Oh, he said we're done. Season's over. Wow. Lions, Packers, no Bears. Oh, my. That's the thing that sucks. Sucks. And if you're, if you're a diehard Bears fan, you see the other two teams. You're in the basement, okay? And you have the other two teams that are in the playoffs. With pretty good runs. Lions definitely with a good run. So how far are the Bears from that? If it comes down to the quarterback, you're, you're, you're not close yet. Correct. This offseason, you might be closer, but you're not close yet. But the delusion from some fans, not all, yeah. but some, there were people picking 10 wins a year ago. We went 3-14. and 14. They were picking 10-11 wins this year. They went 7-10. and 10. When they first hired Eberflus and Poles, I remember saying 
25, maybe you can start thinking about the playoffs. What? Yep. We could get there next year. No, not so much. It takes a while to build a team and then have guys get the seasoning to be able to perform on this stage like we're watching now. No, we're not there yet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You and I are not on some moral high ground or on our high horse about our predictions because we all go through delusional optimism with our teams. Right. Because, you know why? Because of one word hope. Hope. That's the all guy's hope. That's hope. Hmm. We got the Simonaga guy. Maybe the Cubs can get to the <laughs> playoffs and make something happen this year. Well, I think you will, actually. <laughs> I think you will. At least make it. I don't know about make something. <laughs> no, happen, I mean, you'll but... be you'll be in there because I, I have to stick with my prediction. Though I'm not, I can't change that. You said twenty four. I said twenty four. You get a turn. That so so that will happen. But but we're delusional optimists to our core. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what level it is. I mean, if if you're a Bears fan and you say Justin's just fine, everything's fine. Well, that's just a lie. You're lying to yourself mm-hmm. because, again, the Elite Eight that we saw in the playoffs tells you all you need to know about what it's supposed to look like. Correct. But when you say that everything's fine, they just need to change coaching, that's just delusional optimism. You don't really – you just hope that the Bears can get there. There's no one in the final eight that would trade their quarterback for ours. Absolutely not. That's a number of players, And don't by the say way. Brock Purdy because we had people around the Niners said we wouldn't have ever drafted Justin with no. 32 first-round picks. No. That's not their kind of guy. It's okay to be able to have that optimism. We all have it as fans. What I'm saying is is that at some point you have to look in the mirror and be able to say, I'm a Bears fan. This isn't good enough. And by the way, that's not running down your favorite players. doesn't mean that you got to go to your, you know, to your garbage can and throw your jerseys away, Skip Bayless. You don't have to do that. No one's asking you to do that. That was We're, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, it, it's dumb because he doesn't have just the normal garbage can like everybody else. He had to sit there and wait for it to open. The mechanical <laughs> garbage wave can. Your hand in front of he him. had to keep waving his hand and just throwing his. <laughs> and then, of course, he gets his, his girlfriend, his living girlfriend. Hey, hey, hey. Take it out of the garbage can for me. <laughs> after, after the taping. Ernestine. Yeah, they're married. Yeah, no. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's got to take it out of the garbage can after. So uh, we're not asking you to throw your, your, your jersey away. We just want you to look at it for what it is. If you think 7 and 10 is good enough, good for you. But, you, uh, but you're not going to tell us how to fan. We know what it, when it looks like when it's great, when, it's, when teams are playing well, when the quarterback is getting it right. You, you can't tell us that 7 and 10 is good enough. It, maybe it is for you, but not for us. We expect more. Were they a quarterback from ten and seven? Who the Bears? A quarterback from ten and seven? Uh, they were not. Well, I mean, is it no. Patrick Mahomes? No, no. I mean, well, if, it's, no that, if it's Patrick Mahomes, you might be a quarterback from like thirteen wins. No, that, <laughs> that no. guy just can do anything. Answer Shay's question. The answer is no. Yeah, I don't believe they are. No, because you still need more. Does a quarterback matter? Yes. Weapons matter too. Yeah, the Bears don't have the infrastructure to just throw anyone out there like the Patriots did in their prime. Just like, get this mechanic from the corner. All right, Tom, go ahead. I don't have a real number one receiver. Doesn't matter. The system's a system. Go. Go ahead. All right, I'll win a Super Bowl with an accountant. Right. Well, that that, that 2006 year, when it was Rache Caldwell and Ben Watson, and they went to the AFC title game, that's the Chiefs this year. Yeah. Welcome. They're the new Patriots. Because the the Chiefs with Rasheed Rice on a rookie year and a bunch of nobodies, Justin Watson and whoever, Travis Kelsey dropping passes all season until Buffalo. Yep. They're in the AFC title game. That, That I respect that more than anything else because, Cap, you were winning more with less. 
You don't need five or six Hall of Famers on your offense of line or your wide receivers or tight ends to win. The system works because the quarterback's great. Correct. And that's what we want from the Bears. That's it. That's all, I, that's all I want, whoever it is. So let's open the phone line, Shay. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Has a divisional round proven quarterback is all that matters in the NFL? What's the next most important thing for the Chicago Bears? We talked about the quarterback in nauseam. But is the, from looking at these playoffs, it's quarterback. It's the only thing that matters, right? And then outside of quarterback, what's next for the Bears? Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Shot or no shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood morning show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot is brought to you by Debbie Club Hawthorne Betting Bars. Johnny featuring horse racing, video slots, and sports betting throughout Chicagoland. We say good morning to J.W. Norling. Good morning, boys. How are we feeling? Ready to on go, a, baby. On a Tuesday. Excited for the weekend. Cap is receiving dog whistles. It, yeah, I bet you're excited for the we- weekend on a Tuesday. I am. I'm because le- I'm leaving Thursday. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Sure, you want to leave now? If I could get a flight, I'd be <laughs> I mean, I don't think. Yeah, that's. Oh, you know what? We have not checked that. Everything good with the airlines? With this, with this. Uh, uh, you mean this morning? The, yeah, with this. The I, slipping, I haven't checked the slippery conditions. I have not checked. I'll mm-hmm. look. I will look. They know the show was so bad that you're already looking forward to the weekend. Thought that we're doing I'm going well. Going to Florida. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. I needed ice skates to get to the bus this morning. Oh my god! That says nothing about the show, by the way. But yeah, I'm ready for Florida. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Here's Shay Norling. Shay. All right, let's get started with shot or no shot. Many people around the league believe that Stephon Diggs has played his final game in Buffalo after another divisional round loss for the Bills. Diggs is 30 years old. He's set to make nearly $28 million against the cap next season, and the Bills are already over the cap by $44 million in 2024. Because of his contract, he likely won't need a premium draft pick to get him. They'll be happy just to offload the money. And despite the conversation around him lately, he still had over 100 catches this season for nearly 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Shot or no shot, the Bears should trade for Stephon Diggs. No shot. No shot. Pay that kind of money for a 30-year-old wide receiver who has not played well this year? No. Hard freaking pass. It's a, it's a no shot. Uh, but if he goes someplace else to flourish, you know, good for him. We always knew that there was going to be change with Buffalo if Buffalo cannot get over the hump. If he is going to be McDermott, which we speculated on in the regular season, Josh Allen, or it's going to be Stephon Diggs. And so Stephon Diggs might be the guy that's going to be leaving. Um, because there has been a disconnect all season quietly between the offense, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs. So uh, do the Bears need to have a better wide receiver? Yes. Either through the drafts or free agency? Yes. But I would say no shot. If, if you think that Diggs is frustrated now, put him in a Bears uniform. <laughs> oh, God. No, oh, I mean, this is with Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. Correct. It's the same because... Either way, you got to get acclimated to a new system. 
Yeah. Whoever's there. Yeah, I have zero interest in Stefan Diggs. He just doesn't have any time for training wheels. He feels like if I get to the right team, we can be able to excel. Yeah, I, except when the quarterback hit him right in the freaking hands, that would have been a, probably a game-winning touchdown, dropped. I, we're going to get to that around the NFL because I have some thoughts on Stefan Diggs, but I also think Stefan Diggs may go to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, that feels like a likely landing spot. It has for a few weeks. I brought this up and around the NFL, I think, like four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think he could end up in, in Kansas City, and it's Randy Moss to the Patriots. A couple disappointing years in Oakland, gets shipped off to New England for nothing, and immediately all pro season sets the record for receiving touchdowns, and the Patriots go 16-0. and yeah, immediate upgrade with the wide receiver spot to have a shorthanded wide receiver. And again, not in that playoff spot, but a shorthanded wide receiver. A Durant to Golden State, if you will. Just adding on to what you already have as far as a good roster. I, I would be surprised if Diggs ends up with the Chiefs. Very surprised. They don't have that kind of cap room, A. And B, he's trending in the wrong direction. I would be very surprised. They can always make up the cap room with restructures and all the crap that NFL teams do to make the salary cap not real. And crypto. We watched the Rams do it for years. (laughs) They're still doing it. (laughs) I don't know how they pull this off. (laughs) With no money cap, they'll find a way to be able to pay them. They will. A Bruce Suter type deal or a Bonilla. Just pay pay them down the line. That's it. Figure it out. Figure it out. All right, Shane. All right. According to PFF's Brad Spielberger, Shane Waldron was the single most sought-after offensive coordinator in this cycle, and the Bears got him. That would mean either the Bears had the most attractive offensive coordinator opening or they were the highest bidders for his services. Either way, it means they're shopping at the top shelf. That's a far cry from 2012 when the Bears and Chiefs both fired their head coaches on the same day. Chiefs hired Andy Reid four days later. Bears took two weeks to hire Mark Dressman. Shot or no shot, the Shane Waldron hiring is the confirmation we needed that business is different at Hallis Hall. Yeah, that's a shot. Yeah, that's a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it came down to money. I, From what I was told yesterday, the money had nothing to do with it. He was going to get paid big Wherever he went, it was not about the dollars. He sees a a unique opportunity here. Now, whether that's fixing Justin or drafting Caleb remains to be seen. What were the other options for Waldron? He had the Saints after him and the Raiders. Those are the two that we know of. It sounds like he could have had his pick of the litter, though, right? Right. Everybody wanted to talk to the guy. And now Philly fired their guy this morning, so I would imagine he would have been a candidate there as well. I wonder, uh, what's the best situation, Shay, out of those three teams we just mentioned? Bears, Raiders, Saints. Best situation for Waldron? Bears, I think. Saints have a sunk cost quarterback in Derek Carr. He, mm-hmm. just, he stinks and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, I don't know where they go forward from here. Like they, you I got think a coach got, on a brand new five-year deal. I think they've got the right guy in Pierce to lead the team, just roster-wise. They're in a tough spot. Devontae Adams is owed a lot of money. Max Crosby's owed a lot of money, and they don't have a quarterback. Aiden O'Connell is not the answer. I hate to ruin it for you. And if you still think it's Jimmy Garoppolo, best of luck. So, yeah, I would have taken the Bears' job, too. But in terms of security, the Raiders was the best one. That's fair. But I just, but, and again, this is the conversation we had yesterday trying to determine, you know, did Waldron get a, a head nod of this is the direction that we're leaning? He's got the Gerard Mayo terms. Yeah, does he know, like, yeah, we're going to lean toward Caleb Williams? Yeah, or wait, we're leaning yo, toward. You're saying in his contract? 
I wonder. No shot. People were, t- don't forget, before Pete Carroll got fired, people were talking, Carmen was talking about Shane Waldron as a potential head coach if the Bears moved on from Eberflus. We talked now about he's, it. He's taking an offensive right, coordinator he, gig. He, he, that, Gerard Mayo is a, a lifetime patriot. There's a big difference in a guy who's never been here getting it in his deal? But no chance. The, I'm just making a joke. I'm. It, it is what it is. But, like... Hood bringing up the point that he got a head nod. I imagine he got a head nod at quarterback. I also, this is reckless speculation, have an inkling he got a head nod like, don't worry about security, kid. If we fire Eberflus, the job's yours. No chance. There's no way Poles would paint. Knowing him like I do, there's no way he painted himself in that corner. No chance. Zero. Paid him really well. Top of the market dollars. Chance to whether it's fix Justin if they think he can be fixed or draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. That was more intriguing because if the if they got blown out next year, he's still going to be one of the hottest offensive coordinator candidates. Well, what did we talk about a few weeks ago? You you paint the scenario of if the Bears would to would underachieve this upcoming season, say it's five or six wins, would they fire Eberflus? And then would the offensive coordinator be a lame duck? Well, not in this scenario. Yeah, he then, might be the next. You're, you're right. He could be the next guy. I just don't yeah. think there was any wink, wink, no chance. Yeah, because there's, I mean, I'm sure there's some assurances in some way, shape, or form that Waldron would be here for more than a year to establish with Justin, with the rookie quarterback, whomever. Because he, could you imagine just one and done? We've seen that around here before. Correct. So. I bet he got a multi-year contract. Too. Mm-hmm. Iberflus has two years left on his deal. He got at least that. Mm-hmm. All right, Shay. Quickly before the next shot or no shot, one Daniel N. Zetterman weighing in on an earlier question, Hoodie. The okay. great Tony Pavic's plane took off this morning. No issue. Oh, okay. There you All go. All right, good. Tony, so, Tony Pavic is a good man. Yes. Great. Yes, the great Tony Pavic. It's the only way I know him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. All right, so everything's good with the flights. That's good. All right, the Roscoe Village rat hole has become a viral sensation over the weekend. Literally, a rodent-shaped imprint in the concrete in Roscoe Village. There have been engagements at the rat hole. There have been weddings at the rat hole. Festivities galore. Everybody's going to the rat hole to check it out. In the Chicago Tribune this morning, I saw a list of suggestions. Ten names for the new Sox Park. One of them, Rat Hole Park. All right. Shot or no shot, the new Sox Park should be called Rat Hole Park. <sighs> no shot. That's a shame. Right here in the home of the Sox, ESPN 1000. I think it's super cool that if they get a new stadium in that location and they build it up around it, look, it's going to take a long time to build. It's not like you blink and go, oh, wow. The lady from Bewitch just put a... Brand new uh, stadium there. Mm -hmm. But it will be super, super cool. And I think it will be a huge thing for the franchise. So clearly, Shay, every time I see this, this is the city putting down fresh, you know, putting on a a fresh pavement, you know, fresh concrete, and a rat jumped in it. Yes. And made his own walk of fame. And I believe the city patched it up, and the residents of the area uncovered the rodent imprint because they didn't want the rat hole covered. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) 
Bonus shot or no shot. This is becoming the greatest Chicago landmark. The oh, rabble. Oh, oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. That's what you want to be it's, known for. It's like the bean. We got the bean and we got the rat hole. That is just so ridiculous. That is. That is it. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Someone covered that. Well, you can't cover it up because now it's a must see. Correct. People want to see it. I mean, even though you can see it on your computer, people want to be able to see it live. They will cover that thing up. By the way, Cap, I'm sure, I, I know it's famous here in Roscoe Village. I, I would imagine that there's other rat holes like this someplace in the city. Alleys, someplace. Somewhere. Not in a, like a, 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 with a lot of foot traffic, but I would imagine a back alley someplace that they, we got the same thing. Freshly paved. Yeah, and yeah. then a rat just jumps in it and is just like, hey, I'm on the walk of fame. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but it's, but it, it's a thing now. You know what, Cap? Better this. This rat hole than some of the other stuff that's going on around here. At least yes. that we could focus on that. That we can have a laugh with. Yes. Yes. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> at least we can look at that and just say, that's ridiculous. Finally, something that we could do that with. Crazy. Nashville doesn't have a rat hole. How could they leave? You got to <laughs> stay here in Chicago. We got a rat hole. We I got the bean. I think it's super Here's cool tower. that they're going to get a... St- I think it's going to happen. I keep hearing this. Like, this is... More reality than people realize. Socks? Yeah. In the, in the 76? That's the, in that same area? Yeah. Is it 78? Se- the 78? Yeah. 78, yeah. yeah. That's what I keep hearing. Good. Now, where the money's coming from? I don't pay players. I'm going to save you for the stadium. Dick York or Dick Sargent? Which one did you prefer? Dick York. Dick York or yes. Dick Sargent? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and Bewitched. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Bewitched was great. It was. It was. Sports time? Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, what was the name of the actress who played the lady? Uh, Jeannie. That's Here's a Shane different show. <laughs> At some point, I want to take <laughs> you through. Elizabeth Montgomery. Yeah. At some point, I'd like to take you through the 10 suggested names for Sox Park. Okay. And oh, we can no. see which ones we think are the best. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, last wow. night was a monster oh, scoring no. night in the NBA. Two franchise scoring records were set last night on the 18th anniversary of Kobe's 81 points. Joel Embiid scored 70 for the 76ers. And Carl Anthony Towns put up 62 for the Timberwolves in a loss. Shot or no shot? Nobody will ever score 81 in a game again. Uh, that's a no shot. A no Somebody shot. will. In this league. Somebody absolutely will score 81. Yeah, absolutely. In this league, absolutely. When it's about offense, more so than anything else, uh, there, that is a shot. Uh, a little side note regarding this. So, Cap, it was just a great night. And I, I want to tell you why it was a great night in the NBA. Because it was the spirit of Kobe Bryant. You don't think that the high scores or the teams in the league knew that this is the anniversary of Kobe's 81 against Jalen Rose? I mean, against Toronto? I remember <laughs> he's, that. Did he, did he score them all against Jalen Rose? A lot. I th- uh, pr- a lot, pretty much, right? It's, it still haunts Jalen today, as a matter of fact. But he was part of history. He's the guy that didn't have his hand up. And Kobe scored all those points. But, Cap, when you take a look at everything that happened in the league last night, with Embiid 70 and Carl Anthony Towns 62, Durant 43 against the Bulls and a game winner against the Bulls last night. You have Tatum with 39, Wimbenyama with 33, Luka with 33, Giannis with 31 points. 
So every so the spirit of Kobe was alive last night. This is the anniversary of him scoring all those points. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to put a player in position to score all these points. But the one that stands out the most, Embiid's 70 was great. 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. That's a monster. Monster. Monster game. But Carl Anthony Towns is a different story. So as Shea laid out, that was in a loss, the 62 points. 128 to 125, the Hornets win. That was their 10th victory of the season. That's and correct. It's, and it's January 23rd. They're terrible. But the point is, though, is that we'll call Anthony Towns, even though those numbers are impressive, the head coach Chris Finch of the uh, Timberwolves had a hard time with how poorly the Timberwolves played defensively. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. You know the problem with this game? First of all, you lost against the, the Hornets. Here's a guy that scored 62 points, had eight rebounds, two assists. And do you know, in 38 minutes, do you know that he had to be subbed out in the fourth quarter, offense, defense? Yeah. Come on out. They play defense. Get him back in. Because he refuses to guard people. That's embarrassing. If he scored 62, he might have given up 75 in that game. Now, right. i got to go back and watch this afternoon exactly the ebb and flow of that game to see how bad that was in the second half. The same second half, in the first half, Anthony Edwards didn't even score. You know that about this game, too? Didn't even score. They fed Towns to try to beat the Hornets, and the Hornets came up and, and bit them in the ass. You score 62, and you get subbed out in the fourth quarter. Subbed out because Finch had enough. He's like, you know what? You guys are feeding them and we're still playing this kind of defense. That's where it's the other side of the game, Cap. It's more than just scoring points. You've got to be able to guard someone at some point. And they took it for granted. He was pissed. Oh, God. I read the whole article and they said he his quotes are unbelievably damning. You guys disgraced the game tonight. You disrespected basketball. When's, when's your last time you saw that from any NBA coach today? That was, that was commonplace back in the day, where you could just speak openly about that. Finch has some assurances that he's going to be around at least for another year. Correct. He must, A-Rod must love him enough and to they, keep him around. They're the number one team out west. No question. Oh, they're playing great basketball. Great. But they, you must have some assurances because coaches don't speak that way anymore. He was furious. Because Good for him, man. Well, I like coaches that are honest like that. Well, Kev, it's also embarrassing. You know, like you're going to force feed your big, and then you can't play him the entire game. He only played 38 minutes because he can't play defense. I'm just here to score, coach. Then you got to sub him out, and then you lost the game? He was also 2 for 10 in the fourth quarter. Like, he started just chucking. He was trying to get to 80. Damn. Yeah. So you just didn't care about that game. Embarrassing. <laughs> so Embarrassing. That's the thing. I mean, great night for the NBA to honor Kobe, but Towns went about it the wrong way. He scored, but you still have to. But if you want to really honor Kobe's legacy, guard on the other end because he was a hell of a defender, too. Correct. He tried to be what Michael was. He wasn't Michael, but he was close. Why he just didn't say that, the coach? But, but, but why? That he should have been, He's trying to be like Michael? or <laughs> No, just the whole uh, performance by Towns. Man, he, just, it was, he said what he had to say. He didn't go. You up, didn't like that he was critical, Jay Moore? No, I did, but you putting it out on everybody when, you know, you should just, you know, say what you're going to say. Yeah, but the whole team was terrible defensively. Terrible. Yeah. Do you, so, Jay Moore, you're saying that it should have been, hey, Carl Anthony Towns disrespected the game, not everybody else, right? 
I mean, he scored 62, but still, you got to guard. Terrible down That's the true. stretch. The whole team defensively. Man. That's horrible. That's it. Albert Breer will join us at 835. But first, around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the NFL right here on Cap and Jay Hood. And for more, here's Shay Norling. Shay? I will start in Detroit. A lot of people are very angry at Todd Bowles, A, for going for two down eight, and B, for not calling a timeout at the end of the game. The timeout at the end of the game, I mean, you've got a minute 30 left. You have to get the ball back, score, return, recover an onside kick, score again and convert a two-point basically twice if the Lions kick a field goal at the end of their possession. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What was the final score? What was the final score? It was uh, 31-23. So... But the Lions were in field goal range at the time that they wanted Bulls to take the timeout. Okay, so that's why you would have needed the onside kick. Right. Because I thought it was a one-score game plus the two-point. No, because if the Lions kick it, then you have to go down the field. Then you're down 10. Right. You need to get the ball back twice. It's just... The difficulty of actually doing it, I don't blame him for not calling the timeout. The two-point conversion attempt, stupid. objectively stupid. the correct call. No, stupid. Dumb. That's when you're wedded to freaking analytics. And it's correct. It's stupid. You kick the extra point, you get the ball back potentially, and you go down and you make a, fee- a, a, a touchdown and an extra point, and we're going to overtime. You don't roll the dice. So heaven forbid, if I get the first two-pointer, now I can try and win the game. Well, guess what? You didn't. It's dumb. It's simple math, man. You need two touchdowns either way. No matter what, you need to score twice. You have a better than 50% chance of converting it at least once. If you get it on the first, you can win the game without going to overtime. It's easy. It's the easiest decision you can make. Yeah, I think it's stupid. I kicked the extra point. My team is playing them nose to nose. We're going overtime. I'm not rolling the dice on two-point conversions. What if you miss the extra point? They're not guarantees the anymore. The odds of me missing the extra point versus making the two are overwhelmingly in my favor. Not really. Making both twos or making one of two twos, you probably have as good a chance of doing that as you do of hitting two no extra shot. points. No shot. I, I hate the over-reliance on analytics in sports. Well, hate it with a passion. Then you better stop watching the NFL because more coaches than ever are doing it. It's up yeah. to a 30% rate, down eight. 30% of the time, coaches are going for two. And Cap's favorite coach in the league, Dan Campbell, 1,000% goes for two in that situation. I, I hate the over-reliance on analytics. Analytics can, have a role. Yeah, they do. You could say that, Cap, but I mean, this is where we are in 2024. The, the great game that we love is heavily reliant on analytics and someone coming from downstairs or upstairs to the dugout and saying, here's your lineup based on analytics. That ain't baseball to no, me. No, I hate that but, too. But it's, just, but it's part of the game. It's, it's, it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. So uh, either way, they were not able to get the job done. But because it's so heavily an- analytics, two was probably the right call, Cap. Probably the right call because this is where the game is today. They've taken the gut feeling out of it. Yeah. The only way that you can be able to get around that is your college basketball. 
there, there's no analytics person that's running down the stairs saying, this is what you got to do in this situation, because ultimately that's your assistant coaches and you. Gut feeling. This is the, our tendency. This is what we practice. This is what we're going to do. And again, analytics have a role. But I remember having this discussion with Theo, and he said, boy, I have this reputation because I went to Yale that I'm all analytics. He goes, we're more than 50% not analytics. Gut feel and what our eyes tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate the over-reliance. That's what it is. The analytics say you do that. F the analytics. What does my gut tell me? I'm an NFL head coach. What does my gut say? Yeah. Not some guy in my headset. I know, but this is, they have an entire department dedicated to that. People getting paid to, that, to do that to the point where it's out of the coach's hands. It's out of, it's out of Major League Baseball manager's hands now because of the whole department. Yeah, I've had managers tell me. They hand me my lineup. How come you're playing that guy in the three-hole? Because it's not my call. Yeah. What? Listen, we had this conversation years ago about the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Kevin Cash does nothing. Making decisions based on, okay, this is a 100-pitch limit. Well, the guy's he's sailing along. Nope. And Luke says you got to get him out of there after five innings. But what about how he's sailing along? He says he feels fine. Is this what it is today, Cap? You can't fight City Hall. This is what it is. hate it. All right, Shay. But, but you're talking about Blake Snell in the postseason. Yeah, in the yeah. World Series. With that situation, I thought was wrong. And Kevin Cash, pitching decisions have been atrocious for a long time. He but- doesn't make them, Shay. That's the other thing. That guy's got to sit there and hear people like you go, horrible pitching. Uh, I don't make the pitching decisions. He well, does then what not. What are you there for? All right. He's got to run the clubhouse. Todd Bulls, at least I know, made the decision on the two point. I'm not sure he did. There's nobody. Uh, come on. That's like saying Lovey Smith didn't have to make the two-point when they beat the Colts. You're telling me there's no chance that a guy in his headset said, you're going for two. You're telling me for sure. You in know the NFL, that. no. Because I think Todd Bowles, if his gut really said kick it, they would have kicked it. I'm Things not sure about way that. way too quickly in the NFL. I had a very well-known manager who worked in this town tell me, dude, they come down with a, with a sheet. There's your lineup yeah. today. Was that an NFL head coach? I think I, I would imagine there's someone upstairs that says, "Coach, you can go for two here," and it is ultimately up to the man, to the head coach. There, I'm sure there's the option. Someone upstairs has the option for the coach. You can go for two here. When they did the game seven analytics meeting, Theo and Jed and Joe, yeah, they told him how you're going to use your bullpen. Here's what you're doing, and then he went against them, and it almost cost them. Theo was incensed. We told you you're not bringing John Lester in. They told him, not the manager, the bosses. Here's how you're using him. They were furious. Yes. I get it. People have no idea. Why is David Ross batting Ian Happ there? But Madden still made the decision. Madden still did it. He got yelled at. He got chewed out. Said, "Damn, glorious bastards! You'll be shot for this." Eh, I'll get chewed out. I've been chewed out before. Well, he—it's—he's Joe Madden. Most managers don't. I'd say I never Ke- saw that. Kevin Cash, unless he's being held at gunpoint with somebody telling him get Blake Snell out of the game, I'm putting the decision on him. I don't care. All right, moving on. Around MLB. Here's Shea Norley. Shea. Exactly. The Lions are winning in San Francisco. That is an overreaction from me today. Debo Samuel is either out or extremely limited. Kyle Shanahan said 50-50 chance he plays. Shoulder injury does not seem great. 49ers, nobody will tell you this, they are sneaky bad against the run. 26th in the NFL by EPA 
in rush downs defensively. They're not good against the run. And the Lions, if you watch those locker room videos, I'm sorry, they just have the juice. I, I'm with you. I, I've already got money on the Lions to win the game. I do. I and, think the Lions win. And the Super Bowl. I, that ticket I've had a long time. Uh-huh. I, but I bet it yesterday, the Lions to win the game. Uh, is it still seven? It was seven when I did. Mm-hmm. I got the number and, at seven. And I bought a half a point, so I got it at seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I like the, the Lions plus seven. San Francisco finds a way to win the ball game, though, I think, at the end. But I like Detroit plus seven for sure. What's the money line? Uh, 255. Oof, that's juicy. Brock, per- Brock Purdy back at night again because the schedulers, for some reason, put the less interesting quarterback matchup as the primetime night game. So Brock Purdy at night, where he has struggled historically, granted short sample size, last week didn't look great till that final drive. Now you got the final drive, but you're not going up against Joe Barry this time. That's uh, just so I'm, I'm clear, Shay. That's two and five thirty for the yeah, games. Yeah, I think it's five thirty for the Lions. Okay, so it'll be what three thirty local. Mm-hmm. Just checking the times on that conference championship. Yeah, 2 and 5.30. 2 o'clock for the Kansas City-Baltimore game. Well, I know why the game's at 5.30 San Francisco. It's West Coast. Correct. Yeah, I get it. That's why the AFC's early. All right. Give us another, please. Uh, Wasn't Josh Allen's fault right up until it was. I think the big mistake made by the Bills in that game against the Chiefs Mm -hmm. was when Sean McDermott told his quarterback in the fourth quarter, go win the game. The three quarters before that, Josh Allen played patient. He played within the scheme. He took the checkdowns. He took the underneath throws. And then the fourth quarter happened, and he's uncorking bombs, looking for home runs. The third, second down, he had Diggs running underneath, free first down, takes the Hail Mary home run shot for Shakir in the end zone. He wasn't doing that the entire game until his coach told him, go win. And he tried to put it all on his rocket arm instead of playing within the offense, which he had finally done such a good job of doing. What do you think? Polarizing, isn't it? If Diggs catches the football, nobody says a word. Yeah. Josh delivered. He delivered a freaking laser. That throw was incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And uh, to be clear, Josh Allen was incredible in the game. But? But... Legacies are built in the fourth quarter of these playoff games. And when you have the free first down for Diggs, look, maybe part of it was you targeted Diggs eight times and he only had three catches and he just came off a huge drop. Maybe Josh didn't have a lot of trust in his guy in that moment. But you go home run for Shakir and the throw's not quite where it needs to be and then you're in third and long and you can't get it done and then it's wide right and we know the history. Mm-hmm. Well... I mean, many look at that as saying the Bills would have won if that kick is going through. And I would say that if that kick goes through and it's tied, there is a great, great possibility that Kansas City finds a way to win that ball game because, after all, it is Patrick Mahomes. Even though it's a different Chiefs team, and I know that we've talked about them and poked holes in them, Cap is still Patrick Mahomes. That's the one thing that we keep forgetting around here is that even though we thought, oh, Chiefs on the road, this will be the Bills' opportunity to go through that door – it's still Patrick Mahomes. Even if you have problems with their wide receivers, problems with some of their defense, problems with drops, it's still Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day. And you give that the best quarterback that nod. And we did not. He's so as a, good. As a show, we did not. He's so good. 
But now, look where they are now. Yeah. This is not the. This doesn't feel like the same Chiefs team. But they found a way on the road to get that done. Into it's the more, AFC title. It's game. more than just a missed field goal now. If it, if they if they make the field goal, I trust with one thirty eight left, one thirty five. It was my th- well. Remember what happened last time? Last time all they needed was thirteen seconds. There were four lead changes in two and a half minutes the last time those two teams played. So crazy. I'm like, they're kicking a field goal here. Chiefs got another touchdown, and the Bills might have another touchdown, and the Chiefs might have another one after that. That's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. By the way, Chiefs dogs again this weekend. Three-point underdogs in Baltimore. Has Patrick Mahomes reached LeBron James playoffs levels where it's like, if he's not favored, the line's just wrong? I think that's fair because the experience factor, Cap. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. But there's an experience factor. We got to really analyze that by the time we get to the end of the week to see where we're going with that pick, Kansas City or Baltimore. We go around the NFL with our guy, Albert Breer. We'll talk Bears, Waldron, and NFL news and notes. And I do have one other note. I'll give it to you now so we can get right to Albert. Tom Pelissero. the Raiders will interview Luke Getze this week in Vegas. Chicago ranked number one and number two in rushing in his two seasons as the play call. Cap and J. Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10.